Hello, I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. I'd like to talk to you today about the practical applications of parapsychology. There are many people who believe that parapsychology is a pseudoscience, that uh, it's attempting to study a phenomena that doesn't exist. Now, People will argue uh, endlessly about experimental methodology, the appropriateness of different statistics, the preconceptions of different uh, researchers, the metaphysical premises uh, that uh, will allow one to uh, make a judgment as to whether such a thing is possible or impossible in the first place. But I think at the end of the day, the question is going to be settled by the practical applications. Once it's very clear to people that parapsychology has a real impact on issues such as finances, health, national security, crime detection, and uh, even archaeology, well, at that point, the uh, matter will pretty much be settled. And the fact of the matter is that there have been substantial advances in all of those fields that many people are simply unaware of. Now, if you've been following my videos very closely, you'll know that I've covered all of those areas in terms of video conversations with people who have done original research and not just research, but original applications in each of those areas. But I'm sure many of you may realize there are hundreds of videos that I've done on topics related to philosophy, psychology, health, science, and spirituality. So the particular ones dealing with the practical applications of parapsychology can get lost in the shuffle. And so that's why I have created a special listing that includes about 10 different videos especially related to the practical applications of parapsychology. And you'll see right at this moment in the upper right of your screen uh, a link, a hot link. You can click on it and it'll take you right to that list. I'd like to review some of those with you. There are two interviews on psychic healing with people who have done original research. Elizabeth Rauscher, a theoretical physicist who did her research in combination with the biophysicist Beverly Rubick, looking at the ability of uh, one particular healer, Olga Worrell, now deceased, to influence bacteria. Now, the importance of this research isn't that we can heal bacteria. That was well demonstrated, but it's the rigor with which this research was done. And I think it's fair to generalize and say that if bacteria can be healed, so can plants and animals and humans. And of course, there's actually dozens of research studies showing that that's true. Uh, the second interview is with Stephen Schwartz, who also worked with healers and did a fascinating study on the effects of water in the vicinity of the healers. So um, I highly recommend that study. It's fascinating and another example of how rigorous this research can be. The next area worth looking into is psychic archaeology. And there, once again, Stephen Schwartz is the pioneer in that area. There's a, an interview with him on the history of psychic archaeology, another interview with him about uh, 
a project uh, in Alexandria, Egypt, in which he took a group of psychics out into the middle of the desert, the Sahara Desert, looking out over the sand and saying, uh, dig here, dig right in this spot, and describing what they would find underground at, at that exact location, plus many other fascinating details. And also, an interview with Joe McMonagall, one of the world's great remote viewers, about a project that he personally engaged in doing remote viewing in Japan and uncovering important archaeological data regarding the very early first empress of Japan. Also, relating related to psychic archaeology is psychic criminology. And once again, Stephen Schwartz is at the forefront of the practical applications of parapsychology. He actually created a television program about psychic criminology. And I contribute too, because I, as you may know, I have a master's degree in criminology and I've done some research of my own in that area. I probably repeat myself in the second interview with Nancy Dutertra, who is a, a lawyer who, and also a psychic who engages in psychic criminology work. Now, it's just a short leap, I suppose you'd have to say, from psychic criminology to the national security and military intelligence applications of parapsychology. And an important historical fact is that for 20 years, from approximately 1976 to 1996, the U.S. government funded ongoing research in remote viewing for the specific purpose of applying it in the areas of national security and military intelligence. And you'll see an interview with two of the active participants in that program, Ed May and Russell Targ, both physicists, both uh, experts in remote viewing, and they talk about uh, some of the intricacies of that work as well as some of the practical successes uh, that I think are very important uh, for our national security. And uh, people often ask me, well, why is the program discontinued? That's a long story. But you know, the field is controversial. I am uh, received a doctoral diploma over 30 years ago in 1980 in parapsychology. No one has yet to uh, receive a similar diploma since that time, although, I, to be fair, there are people who have received doctoral degrees in other fields. They say psychology, education, philosophy, perhaps even uh, law or medicine, and they have done parapsychological dissertations. Uh, still, you don't find parapsychology programs in very many universities. I think in England, uh, there are some. And finally, uh, there's a section on financial forecasting. Once again, Russell Targ is at the forefront. He did some pioneering studies. They were written up years ago in the Wall Street Journal. And uh, I think of even greater significance is the work of Marty Rosenblatt, because Marty's not talking about one or two experiments. Uh, somebody might say, oh, it's a flash in the pan. No, he's been working 
steadily on remote viewing applications and financial forecasting for over a decade. And he has kept careful statistics showing a, an accuracy rate in making investments of, or speculation, you might say, uh, of over 60 percent when by chance alone, when you're forecasting, is a, a security going to go up or down? Or in the case of uh, speculation and athletic events, uh, it's also a binary choice. So 50 percent chance expectation, but hundreds of trials over a decade show a result of above 60 percent, highly significant statistically. The key I think, as Marty explains, is not to try and be too greedy because strong emotions interfere with psychic functioning. So they place small investments, small speculations, small wagers, and have been doing it steadily and successfully for over 10 years. So there you have it, a uh, 10 different interviews and five different areas that show that psychic abilities have real practical utility in the, in the world. That's something to ponder, something to think about. And also, it's worth pondering why are people so resistant to this information? Both of those questions deserve our attention, and I'll leave you with those thoughts. Thank you for being with me.